1: See, so when you were younger, did you ever do this and kid on you a ninja turtle? <laughs> <laughs> this week, Arabian Nights turn into Parkhead days as the boys return from their winter break. Boom, 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 everybody say Whale, Bale or Burke as three signings jet in in January. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Times. 20 Minute Tims Episode 165 This is where we find ourselves Joined this week by Melly Hello Hello and Stephen Good
2: to be back Finally oh, i have oh, ring f- rust I know <laughs> Three weeks off I don't care if I'm speaking at a ton By the way I haven't really consulted with both of you But we're never doing that again No Three I, weeks off That was ridiculous I, I, See to stop myself getting rusty I was just uh, podcasting myself I, I was just walking up to random actually, people
1: yeah. I was actually <laughs> podcasting myself But apart from those ones I was just sort of sitting in the garage Just shadow po- shadow podcasting And <laughs> skipping
2: and all that Walking up to people in cafes Just saying hello and welcome <laughs> to uh,
1: <laughs> This is an episode of 20 minutes Go away <laughs> um, No Melly says I was doing some podcasts on my own I was um, Apart from the ones I was doing in my garage I was doing some for for (laughs) Patreon By now everyone knows what Patreon is Or you should know Because we talk about it often enough Um, You pledge a little bit of money To support the podcast In return you get extra content Podcasts, blogs Various bits and bobs and this month, I have mostly been watching uh, transfer window, Stephen.
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, you've done a couple of transfer window podcasts. We, I, I wrote we blog. I, I wrote a blog uh, called Transfer Our uh, January Transfers: The Good, The Bad, and the Marvin," <laughs> uh, which detailed some of our best and worst January transfers.
1: I feel bad for Marvin Comparable. but we'll get to that in a minute. A minute. Yeah, I'm going to do. I'm going to do one week of the transfer window. I'm going to do a podcast and basically round up that week's rumours and signings, if there are any signings, and then. What i done for the summer transfer window Done it or did it, Stephen? Did What I did for the summer yeah. transfer window um, I've done a countdown on the last couple Dead. of days Did um, A countdown for the last couple of days Don't edit any of this out right, okay. Keep it all in um, And yeah, basically round up where we are And hopefully we'll get something sneaking in the window Just before it slams shut
2: Doubtful Also coming up, we have an entirely new podcast coming up called The O'Neill Years that we're about to embark upon. And you can find all of this stuff at patreon.com forward slash 20 minute Tims. Is The O'Neill Years, um, what's that about, Stephen? (laughs) Well, funnily enough, it's about Martin O'Neill. His tenure with Celtic, the five years, and we're going to kick that off with how it all started. The dream ending, the dream team left, (laughs) and in came Martin O'Neill.
1: How did it begin? It began with a disaster. Um, Melly, we're in the midst of the transfer window. We have completed signings for Vacuum Bio, yes, Ollie Burke, Timothy Weir, two of which we saw yesterday against Airdrie. Um, what did you think of the Airdrie performance overall?
3: A bit ring rusty, a bit like us, lacking Aye. a bit of match sharpness. Good to be back, good to be back at Celtic Park. Stupid kick-off time. That it's was a silly, silly, silly kick-off time. But the wee couple hours later meant
1: we got a pre-match light show again, so... Every cloud and all that. Well, Stephen, they need to use this light show as much as they can because as we head into the summer months, it's going to be absolutely
2: worthless. <laughs> Very true. Um, well, we don't get much, we don't get much daylight in the summer in Scotland. There's plenty, plenty of opportunity. But the the Airdre game itself was it was okay. Let's face it, it was just a good one to get out of the way. Uh, at First back, yeah. Um, it's the perfect kind of opposition. You're for... being, you're, you're both being far too kind.
1: No, but. Don't, it was worry. For, Don't worry. About no, that. Not not good enough for me. Sorry, just returning to Celtic Park after getting pumped by the Huns against Airdrie, who are like Huns, Huns basically Huns. The easiest Huns we could possibly face. As I said, at home after you've all been at Dubai. you want to see Celtic like a juggernaut coming right through there sorry sorry everybody we were so pish a couple of weeks ago this is how we really want to do it but for me it was a bit drab
2: Uh, yeah I I would I was trying to put a a positive spin on it but that's that ruined yeah good that's the day of laughter (laughs) um, I I thought Celtic started out okay uh, I thought they were putting together some decent moves, culminating in Ralston almost scoring after, what was that, two or three minutes? Yeah. There were some decent moves coming together, but the game did settle down into a little bit of a kind of a slog, to be perfectly yeah. honest. The reason I say Airdrie are our are ideal opposition to come back to after such a break is because, one, they're not very good. Two, they were always going to just sit in deep and try yes. and make it very difficult. And that's what Celtic need. They need something that's they need a, a kind of puzzle to solve, but not too difficult. Yeah. It's basically someone you're expected to beat, and and that's kind of what they provided. It should have been more. Obviously, we'll talk about the more the, the details of the game, but it should have been more goals. But ultimately, it was really just a case of getting the legs back moving again. Just get through the game, beat a team that's. Basically get a sash on the <laughs> strip. and the staunchest goalkeeper I, I do hate Airdrie, we have I, seen this season. Uh, I do hate Airdrie, I have to say. We've, we've mixed mixed history with Airdrie in the Cup. It was 98, they put us out at the League Cup, yeah. 1-0 with a dodgy penalty. But then later on that season, I think it was, they put them out of the League Cup. Uh, no, sorry, Scottish Cup 3-1 to get the revenge. But... We have done a podcast on a, a previous meeting with um aye. one of the worst football games ever played. Pierre so Van good. Why did we choose that? To do? Yeah. <laughs> Pierre Van Heudonk, uh scored the only goal to clinch Celtic's first trophy in six years at the time. So we did a podcast on that on Patreon. Is it on Patreon? Yes, yes.
1: No, <laughs> um, Melly, the lineup, it was, it was sort of leaked before the game. I, I texted to you guys the leaked lineup. Um, you correctly spotted the only error in the leak. Was, yeah. uh, was not Craig Gordon It was Scott Bain That was in goal How do you think Bain done And do you think He's sort of Staked a claim now To be Celtic's number one
3: I don't think I know
1: I, oh, want, you him know? I want him in For the
3: saves he made He made Great saves It was about five saves He made in that Five moment. in a row yeah And His distribution He didn't I think he got his man with Every pass And West Celtic, that's what
1: we need. One year he's been here, Stephen. How Mm. do you think Bain's done? Give us your first year report card for Scott Bain.
2: I think he's been near, I wouldn't say flawless, right? But as far as I can think, I don't remember him having ever really made any glaring mistakes. The
3: Saint Johnston one where he came out. Yes, yes, that's that's right. That's right, actually, that's a good call. big saves.
2: To my recollection, I think he's only conceded one goal this season. Now, I know he doesn't play as often as Craig Gordon, but I think he conceded against, was it Thistle? Yeah. But other than that, I can't really think of any games he's conceded in. I, I said before that he makes huge saves in games. Craig Gordon gets credit for doing that, but also you know, ruins it with yeah. his kicking, right? But Scott Bain, even... I remember a podcast fairly recently that we did where I was talking about all these saves Scott Bain had made, and some of them were called back anyway, but he didn't know that. He was still being called upon to make like, yeah. huge, like, key saves. He had that great performance against Ibro- uh, at Ibrox last season, where he was kind of scooping the ball off the line when Morelos missed a Sitter, but he, he did well in that. I, th- I think he's done, to sum up, I think he's done very well and I don't see any reason why he shouldn't get a run at
3: it. With the games we've got coming up, a lot of home games, that game against Herdry, that is where you can play Scott Bain because that yeah. what we need him for is his distribution. He can do that. We could feasibly go into the rest of this season with Craig Gordon, who can't play the ball out from the back If Kieran Tierney needs an operation Izagiri will be a left back oh, no. If <laughs> was, if we don't side a right back Mikhail will still go right back And we'll have Boy- Boyata and Benkovic So your back five For a team that play from the back One player can do it so we can't have <laughs> that <you know. laughs> we can't but have
1: that you see you see we might be facing a future with um Lustig playing right back but do you think that Anthony Ralston Stephen Melly, um do you think he has a shot at filling in this right back slot that we desperately need Ralston
2: De- oh, sorry and uh, interrupt that we desperately need a right back regardless like yeah, if yeah. if Anthony Ralston is to be the future of the position, that's absolutely fine. But Lustig is, has to go and Gamboa is go, as good as Forgot gone. Gamboa anyways, existed. Yeah, he is as good as gone anyway. Though The two of them have to go and that leaves only Anthony Ralston. Yeah. So regardless of what you think of Anthony Ralston as a player, whether you think he's good enough or not, it doesn't matter. Still desperately need a right back. But however, on Tony Ralston, I said the last time he played that he's, he's absolutely fine. In my perception, he's done more than okay in the, the limited time he's played. He was good in this game. I think people struggle maybe to take to him a wee bit because he looks quite clumsy at times, yeah. but I think that's just the way he moves, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Every
1: um, player that comes out of the Celtic Academy can he run, right? Yeah, I no, I don't I've, know what we're teaching there, but they, <laughs> they can he do it. He, he was man of the match, melee against Erdő. I mean, he was okay. I suppose he deserved it. But do you think, long term, do you think the big games, you know, I'm thinking about Valencia, do you think he's, he's at that level yet? No, he's not. And... In- He's a fine. He's fine in
3: Scotland. He's fine, but Celtic, where we want to be, we need better than that. If we're going into the rest of the season with Lustig and Azagiri as potential fullbacks, it's now 2019. They were our fullbacks in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> He's a in 2010.
2: Um, just one final thing before we move on completely, but Scott Bain, Nelly, uh, you mentioned these saves, but the first one of those was absolutely outstanding. Oh, we can't get away from yeah. that. Was an unbelievable save. And the follow-up ones were just a matter of following up the position. He made five in a row, five in about six seconds, yeah. basically. The, the rest of them were your know, ones you would expect to make. You know that old goalkeeping cliche. He just got just got his body in the way, getting anything away. But the first one was unbelievable. Take the guy did the right thing. He elevated it as the mm. keeper was coming across, and Bain still got an arm to it. I watched recently David De Gea playing against Spurs and he made a string of saves but some of them looked quite simple but that's because of his positioning, yeah. that's because he was doing really well and Scott Bain deserves credit, I'm not saying he's the same planet as David De Gea but he deserves credit for what he's done there and his position was excellent for the follow-up ones. every didn't create much, many chances but that chance they did, again, down
3: the, our left-hand oh, side, aye. so teams, Rangers done it, teams are going to target us, if it's not Lustig it's Ralston and Ralston isn't the main man in there, so teams are going to target us down both flanks, so we need to get better in, because if Airdrie can get in behind and other teams purposely go for these both wide areas, better teams are going to punish us, so we have to do something about it.
2: What I will say about Ralston is, he, he looks painfully slow, mm. uh, No, and that's something, that's not something you can really teach. Slow in the head? No, no. <laughs> <but> <laughs> slow in, slow in the, the legs. All right, I'm... um But that's not really something you get an awful lot better at. See, if he's 19, 20 years old now and he's not really that fast, yeah. it's unlikely to come after that point. No, Because he's a unit, Matt. But... Oh, but, no, that's very true. That's not to say that that's the be all and end all. You can do things to counteract that, like improve your positioning and reading of the game and things yeah. like that. But what I will say is he does look quite slow. He looks the, the kind of the slowest young guy I can remember at Celtics is Josh Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh,
1: as for me, Ralston, good performance against the Said, I think we can do better. I think we could quite easily go to the market and and buy better than Ralston. Competition, him yeah. and somebody else. I think, I think he's. I nailed on. You want these guys in and about the club. You know, you want to. You want as many academy players in the squad as you can. But I think for
2: first pick. Uh, not for me But not that for that sake though You don't really want Academy players No just, just for being, hanging yeah, about Just yeah, you because you came From the academy You don't just want them To make up the numbers But I, my, my position on it is As I said Yes Tony Ralston Has done fine Keep him about But we absolutely need A right back one way or the other It doesn't matter so how good he's been hey, We need someone else in there
1: Let's switch flanks <laughs> Izaguiri <laughs> That's um, the switching flanks Yeah that's a, so Record that So I don't have to right. make that Every week We can just slot it in um, Izaguiri He played because Kieran Tierney has a mystery injury. Hmm. Um, Brendan O'Donnell just opened up on the injury. It's a hip, which um, is in the news recently because it's caused Andy Murray to retire. Yeah, now, yes. we're not saying his injury is as dramatic as that, but the fact, merely is that Kieran Tierney hasn't played since December, time, nearly a month.
2: Inexplicably turning up on the bench
1: in that time as <laughs> yeah.
3: well. Yeah. The hips don't lie, boys. The hips <laughs> don't lie. This could be a serious <laughs> one. I've said it and said it and said it. We're going to flog this guy and we have. And where I sit, I'm quite close when... It's, he's on my side I've noticed him and I've said it previously he stops going forward in some games and he's got a, not a limp but you can tell he's not mm. moving properly and he never gets taken off he never gets rested for the next game since he's came in he's played near enough every game Now when he first came in he had all the energy stuff at the side of the pitch getting himself through games since then he's established himself the only time he's had a substantial break is when he broke his ankle in the Invincible season. Mm, that's right. And then the following season, we didn't have any backup for him, so he basically played every game. This was bound to happen, and it's going to happen to other players if we don't get any competition
2: for them that they can be rested for. On his injury, I'm no expert, I'm no doctor by any means. But are you not? No. Oh. It's um, just a doctor of What are you of, doing here then? A doctor of podcasts. <laughs> um, uh, it's not one you really want to get, is it? The, yeah. uh, again, I'm no expert, but just having followed sport all my life, the hip, anything to do with your hip or your back, or it's not really something you want to pick up this early in your career. But it'll be interesting to see what develops because we're not really being fed any information no. about that whatsoever as you say it's a, a bit of a mystery One, at the, I wouldn't say there's ends. any
1: grand conspiracy that's not what no, I no, alluding not to because Celtic historically especially under Brendan Rodgers have been pretty bad at giving injury updates mm. players just seem to be out and it's never he's out for six weeks so it's always still out um but they did allude to the fact that Kieran might need a, an, an operation, which, again, I, again, I'm not a doctor either. I don't know if you assumed I was a doctor. Melly, do you want to are are you a, your credentials? Are I'm you a doctor? Not. Right, okay. Right. So none of us are That's doctors? All of us, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, but I would have thought if someone's got an injury like that, you send them for the operation towards
2: the beginning of their injury. They don't just nurse it for a month and then perhaps go to the operation. Um, it depends. It, it becomes a, a matter of managing absence then. It will be a case of... You hear about playing through injections and yeah. all that kind of thing. It may be a case of prolonging it and getting to the summer, depending on what at what point in the season it happens. Aye. Because one thing's for sure, if he has an operation, then he is completely out for, oh, that's for true. the foreseeable. Oh, that's
3: true. He's going to need the operation at some point. Yeah. And there's no time. At the end of the season, we get, what, three, four weeks. Scotland mm-hmm. will be playing in the Nations League as well. So there's going to be no time
1: that you can say, get the operation in. So we need somebody in. It's it's clear that as a Aguirre's level probably as Airdrie. You know, that's that's right. what Brendan Rogers, I mean, Brendan obviously doesn't trust the guy, you know, didn't trust him against Rangers, trust no. him against Airdrie, that tells its own story. Calvin Miller, I mean, obviously he's not really a left back anyway, he seems a bit out of the picture. So,
2: What is his status at the moment? Is he still at the single right. It's yeah. complicated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, there are rumours that Calvin Miller is um, headed off to the the States right. on, uh, hmm. on, on on loan. Um Let's talk of Atlanta at United or something like that's,
3: that. That's, that's uh, Frank DeBurse's team. He is just it? Took One called it? Ronald, one was called Frank.
1: <laughs> that's Atlanta in America, not Atalanta. Right. Um, do you think we we should maybe look at uh, getting in a left back? There's, we've had a favourite left back on this podcast for quite some time. Um, I've done some snooping on that website, Transfer Market, but they've not included the E, it's just Transfer Market. Right. Um, burger Mailing current transfer value 1.5 million right, 24 okay. started his career at Middlesbrough I didn't know that
2: yeah yeah that's a strange one because uh, there was there was links with him apparently going back there when i looked into him and i thought i don't remember that at all no um
1: he seems like to me that's it. If you can get Izagiri off the brooks, bringing someone like that in is a no-brainer because like you said, Stephen, like you've always said, there's no such thing as a backup player. No, you want someone who's good enough to start every yeah. week if they need to be and that's the sort of player we should be looking
2: at. And you certainly don't want one that you can't trust to put into the big games. That's yeah. worthless to be, to be perfectly honest. I don't want to sound too harsh on Izagiri but having him there and unable to play against Rangers. We've not been given any explanation by this. We can only go on what happened. He was taken out entirely. It's not like he said, well, he had had a slight knock yeah. and couldn't play against Rangers. He just disappeared. Burger Melling, to me, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a no-brainer. There's been a lot of questions over whether he would come to play second fiddle. The Kieran Tierney, but I don't see it that way. I, no. s- I think you just you need someone else in there. Burger Melling, if he was to sign, and we should make it clear that Burger Melling at no point has been linked. No, this with is pure thing. fantasy this on our is, part. This is pure. Uh, we started this a while ago, and it's kind of grown arms and legs, yeah. but not to the point where there's been any link whatsoever. There's just a few people now say on Twitter we should get him signed. If he was to sign, he would play easily twenty odd games in a season because as Melling keeps people to pay attention to. You can't continue to just play. Even if Kieran Tierney was 100% fit at the moment, you can't just play him in every single game throughout a season. It's, it's absurd at this yeah. stage. So you need a left-back that can come in and play at least 20-odd games because you, you'll find that even if players aren't necessarily first choice, they will play a fair amount of games in a Celtic season.
1: Plus, don't forget, he plays for Rosenberg presently, so playing, you know, not second fiddle, but doing a half-shift with Kieran Tierney for Celtic is, is still a
2: step up from from Rosenborg. Yes And then when Kieran Tierney Signs for Manchester United In yep. six months time You'll have a, a Ready-made replacement There we go
3: <laughs> Shut your mouth Shut <laughs> your mouth We are a Big European club Apparently Just so everyone Just for He did
1: done the
2: air quotes the
3: air quotes We like I, okay. to think about that Ourselves as that We don't operate like that We have 6 fullbacks At the club currently We trust one of them And he might need A hip operation hmm. That is scandalous That is Poor management Poor squad management, poor management in the transfer market. Stop saying poor management.
1: Yeah. Lots and lots of money there, boys, not being spent wisely. We can talk about that when we come to the transfer window yes. section, but we're still on We're still on the Eardry game. Um the teams, we have. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Team selection. Uh, we've discussed Bane, we've discussed Ralston and Azagiri. Another surprise selection for me was debut for Oliver Burke, yeah. who, who started in an unfamiliar to him false nine position, but melee. You put it off pod. We didn't really have much choice there, did we? No, we don't. Again, we're going into games. Come back
3: January. We don't start back till January the 19th. Did we have everybody in place for going to Dubai? No, we didn't. Again, because we were getting me bids rejected for strikers and that. We've still not got a work permit for a striker. So we're going into this game out a recognised striker. The only reason I can see Buck being put up there, because I don't think he's ever played it before. You looked into it? No. Never is he's got a bit of physicality about him yeah. and it's against Airdrie. He did okay. He did okay. You can tell he's not yeah. a striker. It's not It's not his strength. He is a big, strong boy, but
1: that's not his game. I do feel a bit bad for him, Stephen. You know, people were on Twitter after the game slating him already and I'm like, he's just had his debut after yeah. not playing a lot of football in a position completely unfamiliar oh, to him and, I,
2: he, and he'd done okay. Yeah, I, I will not be judging him on that. Good Goodness me. He's, he's just in the door and playing, as you say, a completely unfamiliar position. We've taken a guy who was once likened to Gareth Bale for his his physical sort of powerful wing play and chucked him up front yeah. against the other. I, I don't think it's fair at all. You could level the accusation at him that his touch wasn't great. He looked a little bit shaky, a little bit, a wee bit stiff maybe at yeah, times. But again...
1: But that could be down to the fact that he's not played a lot of football Yeah, himself. Yeah,
2: exactly. He, he did okay. He was involved in some good stuff. He He, he had the the daisy cutter, the diarrhoea sock. <laughs> the, the, the Samaras, as we the, call yeah, it. Yeah, the sock full of diarrhoea <laughs> shot that uh, led to Sinclair's first goal. But yeah, I, just okay. A, a 6 out of 10 for me, it was okay.
3: Uh, this is a guy that, was it who was the manager of Leipzig when he signed described him as an empty hard drive? Yes, he, he did.
2: did. Doesn't, he's not
3: very good tactically, so we put him in a position he's not familiar with. Now, <laughs> that, that doesn't seem like a yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good idea. Yeah.
1: Uh, it was probably down to Pure lack, of, pure lack of options As we touched on Scott Sinclair yes. um He had an eventful game Melly Sure did. You predicted 20 goals a season Everyone was laughing In your face People when you were Melly was walking to see seat At Celtic Park They were Grogging that Sinclair ah, Melly, you Get up you But You're about to have the last laugh On this one By the looks of it Won't get too
3: far ahead of myself He's got competition now That's another two goals I think that's 11
2: oh, 11 yeah, yeah. Should and have if had, he had sc- a- If he
3: scored all those penalties He's missed recently yeah, yeah. He did okay again Again, you're against Eldred. You're expecting maybe a wee bit more, but we'll give him his first game back. But people are still on his back, no matter what he does. I think it's just it's went too far from now that he's never going hmm. to win win people back round. But it was fine again. Two goals should have had a, a third. Missed penalty. The open goal. I was like, Oh, <laughs> Scott, what are you doing here? I missed the penalty then <laughs> an
2: open goal. Should have had a third. I mean, the the guy did score um, a hat trick. Let's face it, he scored a hat trick and was completely robbed of it by a, yet another baffling decision. And we talked about this in the Rangers game, the one where the, the far side linesman is just taking a guess. He's just guessed at it, and this one he's woefully wrong. The McGregor one, they've managed to get right by pure fluke. Yeah. But that's what again, it's just that he's just stuck his flag up, thinking well, it kind of looks offside by the time he touches the ball. But when the ball's played, he's a it's not even. It's not even close to offside. It's the not, guy's one job. Yeah, That's
1: I know. His I know. That's his one thing. There's been a lot of talk in the media recently, Stephen. There's been a referees summit. Hmm. There's been referees saying that this has gone too far once again. After Celtic wrote a letter of complaint or whatever they done, they made a statement about the referees' performance. Just on that, as I've always said, you complain when you win. You don't complain when you lose. Then people listen to you. Um, but quite helpfully, and now, I know people are worried about referees being biased or incompetent or whatever, but they had Kenny Clark on BBC Radio <laughs> and they put it to him. They said to him, are referees biased? And he said, no, referees are never biased. And I mean, that clears all that up, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
2: yeah. Case closed. Next Na- subject, you ask please. him
1: live on national radio if he <laughs> yeah. cheats and he told you he doesn't. Good enough yeah. for me. That's case closed.
2: The thing with the refs, there's been a lot of calls for referees to declare who they support. When they're going into the job, I just I think that's a complete non-starter. Are you
1: trying to suggest that they might lie? Yeah,
2: well, that's the worst case scenario, right? The worst case scenario is referee would lie to get to the job so that they can eventually take charge of a, a team of support rangers and <laughs> um, and, give, and give them dodgy decisions, right? That's the worst case scenario. But people forget about all the other scenarios where you could. Feasibly get a perfectly good professional, proud referee who just wants to do it well, for, well, the, for the noble profession. They're not professional, but yeah, well, but, play, but so. what I mean is like professional and in demeanor, then yeah. who wants to do a good job. And you could say, right, you've done the arduous task of becoming a high level referee, uh, but it says here you went to a Celtic game 25 years ago. I bet I'm not interested No, sorry You will never referee a big game <laughs> In your entire career Here's your whistle Well,
1: well, let's play this scenario again Because it gets worse Because we have a football club In this country Whose fans are obsessed With hating other teams And are utterly convinced That every team hates them yeah. So say you have a referee And you go Mr Andrew Dallas What team do you support? And he goes I'm a Rangers fan I've been a Rangers fan my whole life So you can't referee Rangers games No. You certainly can't referee Celtic games you can't referee Hibs games. Or Aberdeen. Or Aberdeen. You can't referee Hearts games. You can't have referee Dundee United no. games. Airdrie you, games. You, you can't referee Airdrie games. Um. Come on, you can't referee Kamarnock <laughs> games. You can't referee any game that a previous Celtic or Rangers manager has been in charge of. So if, say, Hibs were to sack Lennon and he moved to Motherwell, you couldn't do Motherwell no. games. Um, so that's you ruled out almost entirely the top flight. And then the teams that are left, you can't referee those games because they might have a bearing on the
2: outcome. Of, yeah. So so basically, if you support... And you're full-time now, so they can't afford you. And they can't they, afford you. So
1: you yeah. can't referee any games if you support Rangers. And if you support Celtic, you just wouldn't get hired as a referee anyway. No. <laughs> that's like, See, imagine the referee application form. It says, please declare what team you
2: support. You might as well get a big black marker and write, shit wank, all over <laughs> it and hand it in. Just because draw a cock. Yeah. I, I, Joking aside, it's just, it'll never work that because you can just say, look, Chuck Young has pretended to support St Mirren for his entire career when (laughs) everyone knows it's not the case. You could just say St Mirren and everyone could go, well... Right, but you used to have a ranger season ticket. Now, but I'm not interested no. anymore. Good luck sacking someone on that basis who said that they don't plus, do it anymore. Plus,
1: no, nobody really spots St. Mirren. No, <laughs> you know what I mean, like that sort of chat.
2: It works in England, right? They do this kind of thing in England, but but that's because there are so m- there are far more bigger clubs. There yes. are far more opportunities down there. If you say, for example, you're a Man United fan, and right, well, you can't man. Referee Manchester United, Manchester City or Liverpool games. That still leaves you Chelsea, yeah. or Arsenal, Spurs. Plus they're not as petty yeah, as we ex- are here. Exactly. So that it still leaves you a, a varied career ahead of you. In Scotland, you're not going to give an answer that's going to effectively torpedo your career. Exactly.
1: exactly. And the solution is easy. You know, we seem to have this circular argument. Referee makes a bad decision. Complain ab- In the last month, complain about the referees. Suggest VAR we don't want to pay for VAR. Yeah, so right. it's like, we want VAR, but we're not going to pay for it. But, if, I mean, do you, Melly, do you think VAR would solve these problems?
3: I think going full-time, first off, would solve a lot of problems. If do you think
1: your, giving Willie Collum a full-time job as a referee would make him a better referee? Maybe, hon- am I hon- honestly asking you that? Because I don't think it would. I, I think giving these guys more money to be referees won't make them better referees. Uh,
3: it can't be in- implemented straight away. So what you're going to need to say is in within two three years we're going to have full-time referees so the guys are now keep their job but you train up guys to become full-time because they all these guys have other jobs they're doing full-time jobs other but this is just a second job to them so they're not going to be as good as that because they're not concentrating on it full-time we're in a full-time environment you've got players sports scientists nutritionists everything geared towards making these guys the best they can be and you've got guys who can't keep up with them can't make decisions right because they
1: only do it on a part-time basis. I think that's. I think there's something in that, but I don't think changing them to full-time would train them better. I think changing them to full-time would focus their minds better yeah, and make them a good do point, their jobs yeah. better. Yeah, I think that linesman's hard, going it? to think, I really need to take this seriously now because this has paid my mortgage. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I can't be, well, or it is or it isn't. But the problem with referees in this country, and this is, we'll probably wrap up on the next, is they're alone to themselves. They do yeah. not take any form of criticism. They just close ranks and, and threaten. So, you know, when Celtic a couple of years ago criticised the referees for, let's be honest, a string of abysmal decisions on the face of it, like criminally poor decisions. But when you want to factor in the fact that, and I think Celtic got wind of this, I don't know why they never done anything about it, but Rangers were on the verge of going out of business that year. and And if you look subsequently how far we've bent over backwards the Scottish Football Authorities to try and keep them in business... All these dodgy refereeing decisions that were Do you happening. Remember
2: SPL two, by the way. Aye, remember that. Everything
1: <laughs> this season of honest mistakes when Celtic created an almighty fuss about how poor it was. The referees just went, "Well, we're not refereeing your game anymore." Yeah. So they they have ultimate control. But
2: just as an aside on that, just a final thing I will say on refs. Um, by, by the way, all the all that stuff I said about it not working, it's not because I don't want it to work. I'm just being completely realistic about that scenario ever working. It'd be great if it could. Yeah. It'd be great if everyone just declared who they support and everything was fine, but it's never going to work. But I did see, I saw a debate happening on Twitter. I can't remember who started it. Um, it was someone real, like someone who's involved in football. I can't remember. But they, someone, <laughs> they, 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 they opened up the debate as to what should full-time referees come around what would be their wage because that's something that would need to be discussed yeah. as well and I th- I thought this is going to be good uh, I was trying to kind of work out in my head what I would predict how many tweets it would take for someone to bring up soldiers and nurses oh. and it was about five tweets <laughs> so, Oh, so you're saying they're, they're worth more than soldiers and nurses I'm like oh well if you
1: yeah. don't want to be a soldier be a referee <laughs> um, <laughs> in the
3: game I was coaching yesterday boy was going down the wing player came across caught him in the face <laughs> Right. What, 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 you, what this is a football match or a fight you're coaching? Football. He just went to barge and caught him in the face, heard the big slap. Referee played on, but then a minute later the boy turned round. my nose is bleeding. The referee came over to us and said, Sorry, boys. They were just in front of me. I heard the slap. I thought it hit his chest, but when I seen the nose, I realised I got it wrong. Apologised, apologised to the boy, played on. Mm. That was brilliant, referee. Yeah, he, he told us what what happened. It just diffused the situation. I don't see that in Scotland. Well, I that, just see guys that out my face. I'm the referee. Yeah, I'm I'm in control here. That's what. And I that's
1: what I touched on earlier. Really. They close ranks. Like when uh, I'm not here to defend Rangers, but as far as I understand it, remember Willie Collum booked Candias hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and for a second booking, he got sent off. The SFA came out and said this is why he booked him, and then subsequently Willie Collum went, no, that's why I booked him. The two stories didn't match up. Sorry, not the SFA, the Referees Association, and all that happened there was the Referees Association made up some story to cover their own arse, and that's why there was a outro- uproar. We said about John
3: Beaton's performance in the Celtic Rangers game; he didn't cost us the game, and that was fine. But see, after when he came out and said, "Oh no, I seen their decisions and I didn't deem them yes. red cards," you're like, well, that's a totally different scenario now because you've seen a guy kick a guy and thought, "No, nah, that's fine." That's the problem here. Yeah. That's why it all came out.
1: And I suppose we'll, we'll wrap up the ref chat there. Andrew Dallas was the referee in the Erdry game, wasn't he? Dallas Byers Club, aye. Eh? Dallas, Dallas <laughs> Byers Club. Um, Timothy Weir, another debut boy. Now, uh, if you've been listening to my solo pods on the transfer window, Timothy Weir is the one that I've identified as, I think he's going to be the diamond. I think he's going to be the signing of the the transfer window in Scotland. And the reason I think that very briefly is PSG seem very keen to hold on to him. Yeah. PSG have got nothing to lose here. They don't need to give that boy a three-year contract at 18. They don't do that anymore. PSG are the elite of the elite. And if you're getting a three-year contract at his age, they obviously see something in you. We've taken him on loan for six months. Came on against the Adria, scored a goal. I thought he looked lively. I'm excited by what I see about that guy.
2: I was listening to a podcast just in the last couple of weeks since. He signed for Celtic called On the Continent. And it had the the excellent Andy Brassell European football a journalist on who's something of an expert in French and Portuguese, among other things, but he talks a lot about French football. And the discussion came about that there's been a a really good golden generation of strikers just in the last decade or so. And you're talking like Ronaldo, Suarez, Lewandowski, Aguero, Mm. all these guys, they're all kind of coming into their 30s now and eventually a new generation is going to have to come along and replace that. Now, apart from Mbappe, who does anyone see coming through? And where was part of the conversation. Right. It would be misleading of me to say that the, the conversation went, well, who's going to replace Ronaldo and Suarez? Well, Timothy Weahs. That's yeah. not how it went. But he did, he did come up on the subject only as far as to say that he's going to be a great player, but he's not really a striker. But he did say that he's going to be an excellent signing for Celtic. He seems to have all the pedigree. Uh, we've, we talked about who, who his dad is for, mm-hmm. a, for a start, but... I'd be lying if I said I'd seen him play before he came off the bench against Ergie. I'm not a huge, I'm not a big PSG fan to be perfectly honest. I've never seen him.
1: I'd done a bit of, a a bit of research when we signed him um, and there's a, a football website called Transfer Whispers or Football Whispers, I can't remember just now, but they'd done a bit of a feature on them and they they collect stats and anyone who plays football manager knows, you know how you get the wee circular diagram and it points up to their attacking, their and yeah, yeah. their passing to identify how good they are at each of those disciplines. They'd done that for Timothy Weah and then it went through the Premier League because I think there was talk of him perhaps joining a Premier League team at one time and it was comparing them to like-for-like players in the Premier League last season. And One player that they, they they was almost more like was uh, Wilfred Zaha. Right, okay. Um yeah. and they're saying that he, he plays full as a part of a front three, coming in the left, or he can play up front as part of a as a two. And I and I just thought that is that is probably the, exactly the type of player we need to help Edward. Someone yep. a yep. foil. Their point was he's a great finisher, but he's also a great foil for another striker. And I think I think that's what Edward needs. He does. Edward's not an out and
3: out striker, so if we can get to the point where we have Edward drifting out to the left, which means are cuts inside and goes into that number nine position. It's something we lacked against Airdrie. It was a lot of balls going across the box that there's just a poacher would yeah. lap up those chances. It's another thing with Bayou maybe. A lot of his goals are from what I've seen on YouTube are headers so it gives us another different different strikers for different needs.
2: Exactly, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> plenty of <laughs>
3: options but I just worry about where that eh, if he does play out on the left hand side it could bugger up my 20 goals mm. for Scotty Sinclair prediction but it was good to see him. I agree with Jamie. He does look like, on paper, the class above signing. When I heard him, didn't expect him to be a full blown American
2: accent. It's weird, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it been mean, obviously his dad's Liberian, but he's but he's American, but it's very odd to hear it come out of his come out of his mouth. Just a standard American accent. So
1: he's an he's an American boy playing in France to a Liberian father, and
2: he talks like a roadman. Yeah, he no, talks exactly. like the man. Dame. he Post on Instagram like a Jamaican, yes, like, like um, chicken connoisseur. That guy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. On his post match thoughts, he, he speaks very well. Yeah, he's, he's only eighteen mature. years old, and he, he, he stepped right. He stepped right out of
1: an Instagram inspirational yeah, quote. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. When he came on, but what did strike me is
3: he's so direct. Yes, and that's yeah. maybe something that people get annoyed at with Scott Sinclair. As it's the touch, and then he gets going whereas... He's on the turn. He's away. He's looking to get forward as soon as possible. Will be his first shot, though. Oh, <laughs> but wild! Another thing I liked about him, you can tell from what we the little we've seen, he's got lightning pace, and mm. that's something we've got pace in the team, but we don't have lightning pace, and that is something we can use on the counter attack or to break teams down. That's something we we really need to use. Our strikers, our forwards, even are a bit they're all a bit ponderous. We've mm. now got one that's lightning quick. Hopefully buy you one that's good in the air. Edward can drop off. Forrest can beat a man. We've got different players doing different things to break teams down. And sometimes something we struggle is to break teams down.
2: So we've got, we've addressed that. Lovely finish from Weir yep. as well. Um I was a big fan of that with Romario esque, if you don't know who Romario is. Oh he's, he's easy, yeah. he's he's big if fan you don't know of. who Romario is, he's kind of like Neymar but not less Instagram wankery. Um <laughs> It, uh, and I was a big, big fan I tweeted about it after it happened a big fan of him Wheeling away to celebrate Before the ball had even crossed the line His yeah. arms were outstretched and run away As the ball was so absolutely sort of, buzzing yeah, he wasn't.
3: Were you a big fan of the music they played?
2: No, no I, I'm, <laughs> I'm upset about that um, the, the Celtic have wasted The boom, boom, boom gimmick On a guy who is not going to be here nope. Come May Potential And his name doesn't really rhyme with it When we've got a bail coming in <laughs> But never mind Melly Yes TMT group
1: chat Yes Monday Stephen Arbuckle says (laughs) Predicting the Kept hold of Forrest And Bitton will be like A new signing Use at the end of the window Midweek Airdrie Press conference Brendan Rogers Well Biton is like A new signing (laughs) (laughs) Brian Hamill why are people now pretending Biton is good? Did they not remember the consistently terrible years before Brendan Rodgers' injury crisis let him back in?
2: Not in the group chat, by the way. That not, kind no, of makes like he had hacked he, our group chat to he, say that.
1: He, he he tweeted us. near Biton did come back. He had the first 10 minutes of football, he's been out since last February. Almost yeah, a, fair, almost yeah. a full year. Um, what were your thoughts on, probably not that performance, but the return of Biton? Brendan Rodgers' first season, Biton played beside Scott Brown
3: with Rogic ahead and a bit like Brown and Cham and Rogic there's not a lot of mobility in that team so mm. right now with the way we play with the, the one sitting in the two in front I think Beaton could be the guy say Scott Brown goes and it's Cal McGregor there, that's what we're looking for going forward there's nobody out after Cal McGregor is not going to play, Kuasi's out Beton could be the guy That could step in for McGregor Because again We can't play McGregor every game no. But I think Beton would be good Sitting in front of the defence The thing that annoyed me Was him and Brown Dropped so deep mm. And it, it didn't work out Now Beton's back There might be a place for him Just not at centre-half We can't have no, him playing no. centre-half
1: Well that's what I was about to say Stephen You know Near Beton signed as a As a midfielder um, And I think I thought he was quite tidy At times He was yeah, a, yeah, He good. was a tidy Tidy player big lanky guy but he was he could spot a decent pass but then he sort of played a lot in central defence I think it was Brendan Rogers that introduced him into centre cent- cent- in out of mm-hmm. necessity out of centre half so he's not had a great deal of time under the Rogers heat lamp as-, no. as you might call it to develop his talent as a central midfielder
2: I'd be interested to see beat on in a midfield without either Brown and Cham. Now, I say that not because I want to see that happen and in, in those circumstances. I mean, if the circumstances were right and neither of those players were available and we had to go with a midfield, like maybe a beat on sitting at the, the sort of base of a diamond or whatever it may be, I'd be interested to see how he gets on because I think he is a good player. And as Melly said, that's something that I talked about recently, the Cham and Brown axis Reminds me very much of the Brown and Beton one It just decent players in their own right Or good players in their own right It just doesn't really work together And I don't think Beton's ever really had that Away from Scott Brown For a good reason As I said, I don't want Beton's chance to come at the The expense of one of these more established players but if it were to happen where to get a game I'd be interested to see how it gets on I don't like I, I'm not gonna I get I totally get Brian's point that it's players do tend to become brilliant if the less they play if yeah. they've been out for a year people new signing chat is insane but I, I don't agree that he's, he's an awful player I I'd certainly wouldn't go to that length to describe him
1: no I mean one of the problems that we had during the Idry game and one of the problems that you have in the Celtic midfield is ahead of Brown and, and Cham or whoever's playing those deeper roles, the defence, there there tends to be a lack of up a, a lack of movement in the space ahead of them and that would hamper any player. It does. Beaton had a good
3: he picked it up on the right hand side and switched it right over to the left hand mm-hmm. side. It was a good switch of play. Just when I was looking at the the lineup yesterday, looking at the midfield Brown, McGregor, and Christie, just like that. Brendan Rogers, this is his what, sixth transfer window, and that's our midfield. That is weaker than the midfield he came in when he started. And when you, you just look at it, we haven't improved that area of the pitch with any signings. And mm. Cham's come in, done well in spells, but people, we'll talk about it later, but people are saying, well, sell them for money. Do you trust the club to bring in somebody of equal. Quality are better. No, you don't. So it's another position that we're not going to address now, but in
1: the summer, at least. We need a better quality of midfielder. Just reminder that Abu Diakouassi has now been here for two years.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was <is laughs> his second anniversary quite recently, wasn't it? <laughs> to be it? fair,
1: the guy's had has he had two bad injuries.
2: Yeah, well, well, certainly this this most recent one's a baddie, but yeah. I, I don't know what's happened between now. The... I'm going to I'm going to leave you on a couple of things with the injury game just to wrap up here. One I would like to mention their goalkeeper oh, who was uh, Staunch, Mr. Staunch, <laughs> yeah, getting in everyone's faces and you know, pun- punching his chest after <laughs> saving the penalty and all what that a ridiculous and, creature. D- yeah, he was a ridiculous creature. A, a tooth whitened Brexit gremlin <laughs> <laughs> who I've seen pictures of him hanging about with Andy Gorham, and I thought, aye, it makes absolute yeah. sense. See if Andy Gorham is your friend, bury yourself, <laughs> dig a hole in your back garden, and bury yourself, lop your head off. Yeah. But uh, just a final image to, to sum up the Airdrie game. It was, um, I was surprised to see. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not au fair with League Two football or League One or whatever Airdrie yeah. play in, it's League One, isn't it? Um, but I, I saw Ian Murray as their their manager, former Rangers and Hibs ace, Ian Murray, hey, he's looking rough right now. Oh, but he, he said after the game that all we can ask these players to do is empty themselves on the pitch yeah. <laughs> what a delightful image to
1: finish on <laughs> um, and on that we will just end the air and we will get into the meat and bones of January, the thing everyone wants to talk about the thing people want to hear about it is transfer window time and Celtic melee, you wanted 10 out and 4 in or something yeah. um, something they'll Celtic are certainly doing the ins, As we discussed, we've had Weah, in. Bayou, coming in. Burke, in. Uh, Gutman in. And Manny Perez, by the looks of it, in. Five players coming in. As yet, there are no outs. Generally, Melly, before we get into each individual, what do you think of the transfer business to date? I want you to give it from A, which is very good, to D, which is a fail.
2: C. Yeah, I, I'd struggle really to disagree with that. It's... um. I'd probably see. I think one thing we asked for is that Celtic get some stuff done early and they absolutely have done it. I mean, there were a couple of things in ahead of the Dubai trip, right? That's that's fine. But I'd say it's all right so far, but with major reservations about yeah. it. I think, yes, as we record this, it's what, the 20th of January or something. Um, we It's not over yet, but time is marching on. And yes, we've got, we've got some very winnable games coming up. I think it's, um, including the Erdő game, we come back with, six home games at a seven I think it is and, yep. and then the only away one is the, the game in hand against St Johnson in, in midweek. Winnable games there but say for example Celtic as they've been known to do this season we've got St Mirren coming up and have already drawn against them inexplicably this season drawn against them but say for example Celtic drop some points in one of these games having failed to sign a right back yet yeah, people are going to be restless about yeah. that. that, that it's, I'm it, restless Yeah ex- well exactly but it's that people are already screaming for a right back and have been for eighteen months now. If one of these games goes badly between in the next eleven days, um, then it's uh, people are well within their rights to to get really upset about it. I, I'm not. It's not quite to the car park level yeah. yet, but it's th- this has to get done. We've, we've already been fobbed off for the centre half, right? It's too difficult to sign a centre half. in January, even though everyone known has known Boyata is leaving yeah. for a long time, quite why something hasn't been lined up yet? I've absolutely no idea, right? That's ignoring that Because the more pressing issue Is the right back If that doesn't happen In the next 11 days Then people are going To be furious about this
1: I put the I put a similar question Out on the 20 Minute Tim's Twitter To At 20 Minute Tim's If you want to follow us If you don't already um, How do you think The transfer business has gone Great, good, so-so Or not enough And Yeah basically Most people said What you said Melly Gave it the so-so hmm. um, With second being Not good enough I'm really torn um, Over the transfer window Business so far I'm not no you're not. Well, I'll see mine and then I'll pass piece. I'll pass the ball to you. Um we are uh, good signing, right? Good 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 signing. Bark good signing. Baku don't know much about him. Gutman and these other guys they they seem like projects. So I'll Baku. Bayou. sorry. That's Malay. <laughs> it it Melly said that before the podcast Aye. poisoning my mind with you know, non blondes <laughs> that filth in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we'll shelf the we'll shelf those two guys, the two Americans, for the time being, and we'll just talk about the three that, that we look as if we're bringing in. Have they improved the squad overall? Yes, because we need competition in these areas. But but they're six month loans, and they're not. None of them are a guarantee to walk directly into the team. And I know it's, people say it's very difficult to get that, and we might be paying out lots of money. For weighers wages We don't know But last season We were prepared to go out And pay a reported 45 grand a week To take Musonda on loan Now Musonda didn't work out hmm. But it shows you That we have that money available When it comes to it Now Rangers We can talk about Rangers transfers if you want They went out and signed Defoe That's not a stick on He's not the, the Messiah that everybody thinks he is But they reported they're reportedly paying Half of his wage At 60 grand a week Because they've pushed the boat out Because they see the Touching distance I don't think we've done that. I think our transfer business has been a bit piecemeal. The only guy we've got in is is Bayou, who's who's probably a project, given that the standard of league he's come from, and two guys who've not played a lot of football. I want us to go and do the Keane. I want us to go and do the Bellamy. I want us to go out and really make a statement in this window and say, we're going out and we're going to get this guy. And quite aside from everything else, the rebuilding job that needs to be done in the summer, we do need a right back. Oh. And... and I'm convinced we're trying to get when we were we were linked with Castagna, which is the pronunciation I'm going with. Um, we I don't I didn't think we'd get him. I said that on the the transfer window podcast, and that's sort of fallen by the wayside. We're linked to I can't even pronounce his surname; it's very difficult. Elabdilou. Yeah, yeah. Olympiacos. Omar coming Omar coming. Um, We're linked to him, Norwegian international. Again, why, why are we linked so long? What what's what is the difficulty here? Um, Stephen McGowan on. Twitter, confirmed that he is one on a list. Hmm. So we're evidently we've identified a right back, we need one. And much like you, Stephen, no right back, no excuses. No party. No party. (laughs) We we need a right back this window and I I want us to go out and get some some real quality. I don't want these... I don't want... I think we're still gambling. That's the point I'm making. Hmm. I think we're still taking a gamble that... We're taking a gamble that Burt's going to work out. We're taking a gamble that Bale's going to work out. We're taking a gamble
2: that is going to work out. Weir will play. Weir has to play. I think he's about as ready-made a player as we've seen so far because you don't take a guy like that on a six-month loan and not play him. People talk about developing these players, nurturing players. Forget that. Get that out the window just now. Brendan said that. Yeah, Timothy Weir is not coming to Celtic for six months to develop his career. PSG are more than capable of developing their own players. Yes, he'll get a bit of first-team experience here, maybe a European game against Valencia, but... It's not all that useful to PSG to send them out for six months. Mm. If they truly wanted them developed, they would send them out for 18 months. And and yet something might come of that down the line. Who knows? But a six month loan deal, you don't take a guy like that on and not play him. it's, It's pointless to be perfectly honest. So he has to play. The only reason PSG aren't going to play Timothy Weir in the immediate future is because they have that front three yeah. now as we record this they played yesterday and that front three scored eight goals between them Is <laughs> in it? a game yeah <laughs> quite good though Neymar wasn't was the only one that didn't get the hat uh, he just okay. got the two yeah. get off
1: um, first podcast of the new season my number one bold prediction was this would be Brendan Rogers last mm. last year Um and as the season's gone on, the rumours have started to come out that this is the case and I said that on our podcast before we finished up for our Christmas break that the January transfer window will let you know where the the club and Brendan's ambitions lie and these six-month loans, all that tells me is they don't know who's going to be, what the situation's going to be next year. Not for definite Brendan's leaving, but it tells you they don't know where things are going to be next year.
2: Can I just say something on the six-month loans here as well? And forgive me, but try and bear with me as I form this thought as it comes out of my head, right? See the six-month loan thing, it puts Celtic in a kind of funny position here because, say for example, like Burke and Weir, and maybe another one, there was talk about Scott McTominay, which has been kind of rubbish yeah. during the week. But at the time, that looked quite feasible as if he was coming in for a six-month loan deal. Now, Say, for example, Scott McTominay doesn't happen, but another one does. That'll mean we've got five loans in the squad They have no chance of signing any of them. That would be Burke Weah, exit midfielder, if, mm-hmm. if Scott McTominay was to be substituted so for something else, Benkovic and Daniel Arzani. That, that's a lot of loans for a club like Celtic yeah. to, to be taken on for one season. I know Arzani was a wee bit more more long-term, but those, those all come in and Celtic win the league, right? But the reason they've won the league is because the other side of that is Lewis Morgan has gone out Johnny Hayes has gone out, Jack Henry has gone out. I know none of these things have actually happened yeah. yet, but say if, hypothetically here, they ship five players out on loan and bring in five guys who are better than those players and younger than them. What happens when it's reset at the end yeah. of the season? All those players go out and we get the guys back who weren't good enough to win the league. That might sound like I'm being too harsh on those guys, but genuinely, the only reason to bring in these guys on a six-month loan is because they've got a better chance of winning the league than the guys who are already there. So how do you progress? How do you persevere with Johnny Hayes, Lewis Morgan and Jack Henry when they come back in the door, knowing that the reason they won the league is because you got them out?
3: You said it will show us where Celtic are. And don't get me wrong, we could get to the end of the window and see if we bring in a right back of good quality on a long-term deal and we could maybe get in another player. Yes, every position bar goalkeeper will have been addressed. But where does that leave us, as Stephen said? The club right now I would say are in a mess and I'll, I'll substantiate that. We always think of ourselves as a well-run club. We're a well-run club compared to Rangers. And podcasting. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, obviously goes without saying.
1: <laughs> this podcast is better run than Celtic Transfer <laughs> Department. Is. If I was
3: to leave, would you just go, wait until if I said to you, I'm going to leave in four months, I'm leaving in the summer, I'm going away, would you just wait till the day I left to go Let's get a replacement in for him. No, you'd start forward planning, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, we he'd would. Think, That's a good Who point. Who could
1: we get in? You're, you're irreplaceable, Melly. Obviously. <laughs> thank you. I'm disappointed in you. For not coming up that scene. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you'd, you'd start thinking, right, what can we do? Who can we get in? Maybe we don't replace him with one. Maybe because he's so good, we replace him with <laughs> one. Him. <laughs> well, it's kind of like Dembele. You can't get a guy of Dembele's quality in. So what you do is you reinvest the money in other areas of the squad and build it up. We don't do that. We wait until Dembele goes and go oh shit one of the best 20 <laughs> yeah. young strikers in Europe who's wanted by a lot of teams actually left our club. What will we do now? Nothing. Yeah. We'll not have a replacement yeah. lined up. We'll not go out and spend the money on our squad and now we're in January and we've brought in a guy who's 23, 22, it was his birthday? 22, yeah. 23, yeah. Uh, brought in him. Is he going to walk straight into the team? No. Yeah. Buck, we up. A- they're gone in the summer, so that's another two positions we need to address. Full-backs, we need somebody for competition for Tierney. We've still not replaced Lustig. We're going to need two centre-halves in the summer. Craig Gordon turned 36 the other day. We need a goalkeeper. Scott Brown potentially could leave. What is going on at this club? <laughs> yeah, I'm that's going to read thing. out a list of names here. De Vries, Izagiri, Henry, Henry, Comper, Simonovic, Gamboa, Boyata, Hayes, Morgan, Benyu, Malumbu and Allen. Would you know? Apart from Boyata, who is going to leave, you wouldn't notice if any of them left. That is an astronomical amount of money to spend on wages of guys that contribute absolutely nothing. They'll be lucky if they've played fifteen games between them this season.
1: We could do an entire podcast just on Celtic's transfer policy oh, yes. o- on its own, you know. And 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 as far as the incomings, there's a there's a consensus here that the incomings are so-so, but we we really want to see that that guaranteed quality. Um, there's been a lot of talk, just as Melly says, on Celtics that I suppose we could call it squad management. and um, Andy Robson tweeted the podcast, he said, what are the thoughts on Brendan's role in the transfer policy? Brendan Rodgers seems to get a lot of stick. Um, people are so quick to point at Brendan Rodgers' failures and go, I mean, look at Comper, look at this, look at that, didn't he work out? But I don't think there's been a lot changed. I, I mean, we've... Historically on this podcast I'm not patting our own backs here But whilst everyone was saying how good Celtic's transfer policy is We've actually pointed out that It must be one of the worst in Europe And we've been saying that for a long time Due to the sheer number of players that we sign Who add nothing, like Melly said Who go on loan till their careers are done Who we can't sell Who don't have professional careers after they leave us There's a remarkable amount of players who come to Celtic And then leave and don't ever play football again and when I look at the likes of Comper, that's not uniquely Brendan Rodgers because we had Carlton Cole, Big Z, Oliver Capo, all the Freddie Lundberg, you know, these this,
2: this Marvin Comper. Fernando de Ornelas. <laughs> <laughs> these guys have went back a long, long time. By the way, speaking of, sorry to interrupt there, just, a, just a, a wee aside there. Remember we said last week, or not last week, the last time we were podcasted that Timothy Weir was going to be the first U.S. Men's Team International at Celtic. People did tweet me after that to correct me and say, oh, but what about Dominic Servi? And they're quite right, he was American. However, Dominic Servi was never a men's international, so you've embarrassed yourself there. <laughs>
1: and now he <laughs> sells insurance or yeah. <laughs> something. I, I looked him up on LinkedIn.
3: On Brendan Rogers, I think he's the best manager we can get right now. I agree. Don't want him to leave. I agree. But he, we do hear he has final say. He brought in his man, Congerton. And again, I'll look... I look back to the first season when he came in. we were full of hope. Yes. We we're full of everything. Oh, imagine what we're like in the third season. We could be challenging in Europe. What we want is to be Sorry. that team that's challenging for third place, get the Europa League, or maybe once Nick into the second place. But look at the state of us right now. Right now, six windows in, still time to bring us back, but I don't think no matter who he brings in, we're going to be better than we were in that first season. Now since then He has had transfer window after transfer room with him and the club. He wants to build from the back, play out. Craig Gordon can't do that. Said that already. Boyata's away. Lustig can't do it. Tierney is injured. And Benkovic came in on deadline day when it was a great signing, but panic. A guy we'd scouted previously and didn't pay the money for him. Now, what is going on? If you're building from the back, you need a foundation to build on. Lustig Boyata Tierney we've had Simonovic come in and out we've had Sviachenko we've had all these centre-halves just rotating round and the ones we've brought in haven't been good enough we haven't we haven't improved our defence whatsoever a midfield we've brought in Cham but if you're picking a your midfield free it's still guys that were there before we are barely improving our squad year on year and we're selling players for a lot of money, we're getting free money for Van Dyke, we're getting Champions League money, sold out the stadium three years in a row. What are we getting for our money? Stephen, it's not enough.
1: I'm going to send you to Pizza Hut just now, there's a yeah. Pizza Hut just down the road. I want yeah. you to buy me, Melly and Stephen pizzas. Here's three pounds.
2: Right. <laughs> Go and negotiate. Yeah, can't, okay.
1: can't, So... Melee rightly touched on... You're lucky
2: you get a garlic dip for that.
1: Melee rightly touched on that um Lee Congerton... Everyone says, what's Lee Congerton doing? I don't know what Lee Congerton does, but what I do know is we don't spend an awful lot of money. No. So Absolutely. last summer, last January, window, let's just wind it back a year, we brought in Jack Hendry, Marvin Compar, Musonda, who didn't work out, and... Bain. Bain, right? That didn't really cost us an awful lot of money in transfer fees. Uh, no. This summer, we brought in some guys... Didn't really spend any money in transfer fees. I we spent, I suppose, the nine million on what's his face Edward. Edward, but that'll be paid over the length of his contract. Yeah. Usually, so we're not spending any money. No, so it's it must be very difficult for for any manager and director of football or whatever his title is, concordance title is, to operate in an environment where money goes out,
2: money comes into the club, but but they don't let money go out. Um, as far as Brendan Rodgers' role in it, you said he he gets a lot of stick. I I don't know. I'd I'd actually go the other way. I think Lee Congerton has become a a lightning rod for all this kind of thing. I think he's become a bit of a patsy for the situation. As you say, we don't really know what he does, but I can't really think of any, of many other major clubs at which the manager gets almost no kind of blowback over the, the standard of transfers everyone's very keen to blame the, the, the Chiefs Wood, Wood, yeah Ed Woodward does, does get a lot of that I mean Brendan Rogers did accept responsibility these are his guys and is,
1: what I'm saying is Brendan Rogers had a million pound allowed to go and buy a centre half last summer mm. eh, last January right I need a centre half desperately need a centre half okay you've got a million quid Right, Lee Congerton, what can I buy for a million quid? Well, there's this guy who plays for Dundee, he's only 23, he's a big unit of a boy, he looks quite strong in the ball, we could maybe take a punt on him. Right, well, we'll free up Wade. We can. there's this guy I played with, we can maybe scrabble together or something. Whereas if someone went, you know, here's, here's six million, go out and buy a centre-half. Go and buy Benkovic at the time? Go and buy Benkovic at the time. Hmm. As you said, Jozo was halfway out the door, but we couldn't get a deal done for Benkovic, so Jozo ends up staying and we don't sign Benkovic.
3: That's my problem with it all, we Last we bring in Hayes We bring in all these guys Three, four guys At a million pound Spend the four million On a one guy And all their wages And you get a guy Like Cham who's was who one of our best players. he'd been A wee bit inconsistent yeah. Don't spend Don't buy four guys At two million pound Up front Buy one and Edward He's one of our best strikers When Brendan Rodgers Came in I thought We'll have a plan in place The way the club Should be run We'll go Right Dembele's Going to leave So if he does Here's the targets Get a, B, C. Like Peter Law said before, if we don't get A, we go for B, we go for C. We don't seem to do that. No, we that seem was, to be that the, was a lot of rubbish. We seem to be the only club that don't understand when a guy goes, teams are going to come in from that you need to replace him. It just seems to be, oh, the belly has gone. There's still not been a proper replacement for him.
1: Melly's talking about guys going. Brendan Rodgers, we've talked about the ins. Brendan Rodgers has spoken that there's guys leaving the club this window. Scott Allen uh, has signed a pre-contract with Hibs. I, I don't know how I didn't notice this up until now, but Pictures of a manager of Scott Allen with what appears to be, which is pretty much a Rangers tattoo, mm. that he decided to get himself well on whilst on Celtics books.
2: What is it? Describe it because I haven't actually seen it. Is it just Rangers are great down the inside <laughs> of his like, forearm? No, sort of what thing? it
1: is is it's you know how sometimes like, you get that tattoo, it's like the skin's been ripped by a lion. Right. Right. So his skin's ripped and underneath it's a Rangers badge. Right. Okay. A Tasmanian it, devil wearing a Rangers strip coming through his, uh, his chest skin. It's, right. It's an alien smoking a joint and says, Take me to your dealer <laughs> and RFC underneath it. <laughs> we are the people. I, we are the People underneath yeah. it. Um no, he got a Rangers tattoo, so as far as I'm concerned, he I'm glad he rotted in the Celtic reserves yeah. for as long as he did. He didn't
3: even play for the reserves, so he's not
1: even No. So he's he's signing for Hibs on a pre contract. <laughs> so yeah, that, shrug. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodbye. See you later. Um Yusuf Malumbu, Brendan Rogers says he's one that's probably gonna go needs to play some football. What was he doing Back to the... Very briefly back to the transfer policy. What was he doing at the club? Evident that Brendan Rodgers didn't like him. I I can confirm this is 100% the case. Celtic were alerted to Malumba's availability from a daily record journalist. That is a fact. I can confirm that and people who know me will know how I'll be able to confirm that. And the result being we signed him off the back of this and as a reward that daily record journalist was then given the scoop on him signing for Celtic. Just go back and look at the stories that are about three days apart written by the same guy. So... We didn't get John
2: McGinn, we get Malumbu in. What is he doing at the club if Brendan didn't want him? Um, I John... end up looking like an idiot every single time with these things because I always try and be positive about these transfers. and I end do, up We will do. A positive, yeah. Percy, he might be good. He'll be shite. he end up looking absolutely ridiculous because I was positive about, well, I was tentatively positive about Izagiri coming yeah. back, but I was mainly positive about Malumbu because he played well against Celtic the previous season, but it's just, he and Izagiri are. Just ludicrous signing What did I say about place, yeah. as a gary when he signed? Red herring a Red flag, many. <laughs> <laughs> no fish were involved yeah. <laughs> no
1: fish were involved um, Jack Henry Simple Jack um, He's wanted down south By Sunderland Jack Ross must have Must be a glutton for punishment You want to yeah. take that boy on But he needs to play some football Lewis Morgan Again hmm. Probably needs to play some football Not really set the header alight light Since oh, he joined Celtic
3: player Not set the header light For the top team in Scotland Wouldn't
1: have predicted that either. Wouldn't have predicted that <laughs> Um, so he looks to be linked to Sunderland on the way out. And finally, just today, a story in the in the newspaper that Marvin Comper and Celtic are trying to reach an agreement about getting him paid off. I mean, it, it, the overall, our transfers are a bit of a mess, but I will I will say this. This is the last thing I'm going to say on the transfer window, and don't let you guys have your say. We're in a title race here. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know we don't really swear an awful lot on the podcast, but allow me one swear. We're in a bloody title race. <laughs> and this is no time for... Effing about um, Rangers for all the for all the praise they're getting about going out and signing Defoe, going out and signing Stephen Davis, they've identified positions they need to fill and they have went out and I think Rangers can honestly say they've got the best possible players they could fill those positions.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely it's available to them. Yeah, here, of course
1: we can't say the same thing now on the Rangers signings. I think Defoe's get the potential to be a bit of a flop. Um, I'm only saying that because I think Stephen Davis is probably the better signing for Rangers so far. And I think he's
2: come under the radar a wee bit. Jermaine Defoe, right, we we talked about him as being linked with Celtic. Remember the him and Andy Carroll story? Yeah. Yeah. right? And I, I said, I talked up Jermaine Defoe and said he still looks after himself. He's t- he's changed his diet and a bit to prolong his career and all that. Uh, it would be childish of me to sit here and say that he's a crap signing for Rangers. Because at the time I said, there's no way Celtic will sign Jermaine Defoe yeah. or Andy Carroll can't afford them. For him to go to Rangers a couple of weeks later and for me to turn in and say, well, he's crap anyway, would be a bit churlish. So Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I think Jermaine Defoe, yeah, he could be a flop. He certainly could be, but I think he's, the reason he's come to Rangers is because he's very serious about it. He could easily just go to another English club and still get paid a fortune, but he wants to play and he wants to do something with the last couple of seasons. Same
1: agent as Steven Gerrard. They're good friends. Steven Gerrard's using his network there. and On the the face
3: of it, it's a good signing. He's... You always say it, a guy that's scored goals wherever he's been, so that's good. Stephen Davis been there and done it, try to get the old band back together. <laughs> they they see this, they smell blood, yeah. they're going for it. And for us I would say we are in a title race. Let's see what the board are made of and have the board stepped up to it. Not at all. Not enough's been addressed. And the bits that have been addressed, it's like stop gaps to me. It's like get us through at the end of the season, then we'll go from there. And again at the end of the season, are we going to buy ten players? No we're not, mm-hmm. we'll be lucky to get half of that So we had to do half now and half In the summer and it's just not been good enough For me, for the money we've got Brought in, for the manager we've got For the chief executive Brendan Rogers. yeah I slated them a bit for his transfers but Maybe our director of football is the best thing for him Concentrate on the the, the football The coaching because that's his, his main strength And get somebody else to identify Players because the way it's going right now is not working I think the biggest
1: check, I don't think I know. The biggest check we've cut this January was Peter Law's wages. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like that is that is just that doesn't need be a thing about it. that is not that's upside down. That's as upside down as it goes. And the the rumor that Brendan Rogers is leaving is also twinned with the rumor that we're bringing in a director of football. And as you said, Millie, we do need someone who whose whole and only task and job it is is to manage player recruitment, manage the squad. Be that link between the board and the manager.
2: Do you think a director of football is the way forward for us? Oh yeah, I do. Because the club can't grind to a halt. Let's say, for example, just talk, again, just talking hypothetically. Say, Brendan Rodgers isn't happy with the way the transfers are done at this club, and it would be well within his rights. Let's face it, yeah, hundred percent. Let's say he's not and it has been come to a hush hush agreement. He's off at the end end of the window at uh, the end of the season. We'll get these players to get to get the the league one across the line. That shouldn't happen And a director of football Would go some of the way To prevent that Because the operation continues yep, If yep. Brendan Rodgers Is on the way out the, the director of football Just takes over like Certain operations And puts plans in place For the next manager That's not happening here what, we're, what we look to be doing On the surface of things Is basically Hobbling over the line To the end of the season And then hopefully Just hit the yep. reset button And start all, all over again Where As Melly said Almost an entirely new squad And it's, a new manager it's crazy. it's crazy We've got into this position
3: it is. Mental, the squad, aging squad, the players that I think we need replaced are Gordon, Lustig, and we'll need a replacement for Brown. That's the three most experienced guys, so I, I, don't, I don't necessarily think, oh, we need experience in. We need better players in. It doesn't matter what age mm. they are. The director of football, thing. I think it's the way to go. Maybe in Scotland, people say, oh, no, manager needs full autonomy, mm. but it's too much of a job now. You need to delegate to be a good manager. The best managers do that. Most Massive clubs Have a director of football We are Celtic We are going to want to Build from the back Play the way, same way we play We want to bring a manager To do
1: that So it's going to be The same type of players Coming in So the director of football We've effectively got one anyway We've got a chief executive Who yeah. acts as an ad hoc Director of mm, football yeah. Another player who looks Or is rumoured to be On his way out Is a in Cham Porto £14 million bid With a centre half His mm. name is Gates me a Chancellor mate. and
2: Bimba Is that yeah. his name yeah,
1: yeah. As Chelsea. a makeweight They seem the reports are said that they, they, they're they pretty desperate to get him in. Do you take £14 million for Encham? No. You don't? I don't take. Celtic can't afford to sell any player.
3: Can't afford to sell Bayata because we cannot, never mind, replace him. We cannot sign a a half anyway no. of any decent reputation. Incham is the only midfielder, I've said, the only midfielder of any substance we've brought in in Brendan Rodgers' time. Should we sell? No, because we won't replace him. And the £16 million Added to Dembele's money. What have we done with it? Absolutely nothing. So we can't sell him. See, this is the whole thing. You sell him Cham and you have a guy lined up to replace him. You either bring him in before or have him lined up. But we don't do that. We sell him and then go bargain hunting for Malumbu or probably bring in Graeme Shinney to replace him. That's oh, what we do. Shudder,
1: shudder at that.
2: I don't care about the money. I, I, yeah. I think it's well established that Celtic don't go out and spend the money anyway. So to see the the kind of balance sheet. CSC out there saying oh you need to take that money think Mm -hmm. about all that go or Skint and I'll let the 14 million forget the 14 million because it's not going to get spent on anything we'll end up with some some bumbley reserve midfielder coming in replacing Cham and Cham and Boyata can't go at this stage of the no. season No it, We can't afford You'd be, you'd be
1: shipped to see, if, see if you sold Boyata At this stage of the season You'd be basically You'd be basically saying We don't care about win the league Yeah
2: we, we can lose players Definitely but not those two It would be like Say you're out for dinner Right with your significant other And they go to the toilet And you sneak a wee pee Off their plate Or uh-huh. a wee chip or something yeah. That's Johnny Hayes right They're not going to miss that When they come back But <laughs> if they come back And you've taken a steak pie <laughs> Off a plate yeah, if you've just stuck Your hand <laughs> right in the middle Of a <laughs> steak pie And taken the yeah, That's Dedrick Boyata <laughs> okay. Dedrick the steak pie <laughs> Boyata <laughs> Mistake
1: pie. <laughs> <laughs> hey. So that's the transfer window chat. That's the transfer window. There's, as, as you said, Stephen, there's 11 days left. Brendan Rogers is hopeful of doing more business. Um, I'd just like to see a, a bit more quality business. But obviously, there's two concurrent transfer plans going on just now. We've got guys for the short term, these six-month loans, and we're
2: still going with the projects, which obviously we need. See on that, by the way, just a final thought. See your projects, right? First... Mm. <laughs> Can we throw that out? Can we throw that policy out? Because that's something that came around under Gordon Strachan because he kept signing players who were nobodies. So the, the word project and and prospect and all that came about around about that time because you were getting your million musuns and then your twardsics and all that yeah. kind of thing, right? They never work. The, the odd time you, you will get a tell or something out of it, but for sure, stop signing 22, 23-year-old guys who have never played 22 professional year
1: football. 22-year-old balding Americans. Yes,
2: I, that, that's the one.
1: Nothing against the guy. I think he wouldn't. We're talking about Andrew Gutman here. He won whatever trophy you win for whatever prize you win for being the best player in the league at, at that time.
2: I'm sure he'll be a good player, but the, the idea that you bring someone like that in and build him into a footballer yeah. at his age is nonsense. He either comes in and contributes almost immediately or it's well, barely worth you, doing. You say that,
1: and there's a couple of things to consider. One, I think, I'm not sure how the American system works, but I think at 22 going through the I think it's highly unlikely that he would ever get a professional contract before that in America it might not yeah, be the case because of the draft system because of the drafts it, yes. and the way it works secondly <laughs> you say build him up and be ready to hit the ground on it he's played in two closed door games hmm. as a trialist and it, this was after we'd already made a decision to sign him so that tells me we're trying to get his fitness up to play some football
2: oh good yeah but ultimately yeah good or yeah. good or worrying oh dear, I, 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 I agree with the, the the flag about the the draft system and the sort of university system that would see a player graduate at that time. but That's the Celtics problem. If you're 22 and you're not a fully-fledged footballer, that's a problem. That is a problem. He
1: might be playing in the reserves next year because the development league as we know it next year sort of gets scrapped and we return back to the reserves. And Scottish football will be great again. And Scottish football will be great again, yeah. Um, in, the, in light of this Celtic have made some adjustments to the backroom staff. Sean Maloney has gone to be part of the Belgium yeah. setup, which is still miraculous to me. Um, the calibre of player he must be working with. He must absolutely love it. Um, Dedrick. Dedrick, yeah, that's exactly who I was talking about. <laughs> um, we've brought in Damien Duff, a player who I always liked. No, cracking, no, absolutely no, cracking no. player. Um, he's served, certainly
2: under Jose's Chelsea I think that oh, was yes. kind of his peak, yeah did, did he, Was he signed under... He, Ranieri signed him though, didn't he? He
1: have done I think Ranieri signed him A player I've always liked Just always too expensive to sign for Celtic Yeah Just always too He did lament the fact that he never signed for Celtic That's because you were earning too much money elsewhere <laughs> yeah. You could have signed for Celtic any time you wanted, mate You really could have But no, you were just making too much money And uh, he's come in as reserve team coach Yep um, Highly rated I mean, he, was, he was highly rated, so be interesting to see how how things work out with him. Great player. And another guy that's come into the backroom staff, Steve McManus, to work with under eighteen straight from Motherwell.
2: Friend of the podcast. Friend of the, the podcast.
1: Um, we have an interview with Steve McManus. It's not on the Patreon. No, it's on iTunes, yes. It's, it's on so. iTunes, free, if you want to go and check it out. He talks a lot about... He does actually talk in-depth about his role at Motherwell, how he likes to develop players in his career at Celtic, coming through, and how that's influenced him as a coach. So it's, it's worthwhile listening, we might actually just tweet that out. I yeah, think we'll yeah, tweet that yeah. out just to give people
2: a fresh look at it. McManus, it, it seems like a good appointment. It seems to make sense because there, there is the old cliche gets to the club and all that. But mm. I, I don't think that should should be just readily dismissed as, as no. like old guy patter. That does matter. You know, what matters most of all is you get the best coach you can possibly get for the role. It doesn't matter about how he played for the club, he captained the club and all that. That, that comes secondary. But... I think it still is important that having read more than one book now, actually, I'm not a Barcelona fan. But You've I read, do. More bu- yes, I've read, I've read more than one book in your entire life? You've read more than one book. Check your uh, point, Dexter. <laughs> Check the big brain on Stephen. <laughs> um, having read more than one book on Barcelona, I'm not a Barcelona fan, but I, I do find them a very interesting subject to read about. They're all about that, all about the culture of the club and bringing in people who understand that. That is a, one of the main criteria in their list of things when they're appointing a coach or manager, whatever the case may be. It's not just a case of, oh, he gets the club or anything like that. It's, it's having bought into how the club actually works. When people say he understands the club, they often don't really go into what that actually means. They just know that, right, down that corridor is a toilet. You know, that kind of, you've been in the building before, basically. <laughs> but Steve McManus is in a, not unique, but a, a rare position that he came up through the system itself that he captained the club yeah. and and is now a, a fully qualified coach. I'm I'm all for it. I don't think it's it's necessarily the case that people just automatically assume there's better coaches in like Switzerland or Austria but don't name them you just go like yeah, yeah. I'll just get a form guy in. But, <laughs> but no, I don't necessarily go with that um, I'm all for it he seems, seems a nice guy and deserves a role I mean it, not only does he
1: get the club he uh, he's an example to these young guys of what it takes to come through the ranks at Celtic and make it at Celtic and be the club captain, yeah, and be a absolutely. successful club captain. He's he he's got the template. He's got the pathway.
2: Made um, the absolute most of the the talents he had, and as well, that's yeah. what
1: I was about to say. I mean, he he debuted quite late. Yeah, yeah Celtic. Did, yeah, mm. you know, he debuted quite late. He he's not the most skillful player. Not the most technically brilliant player. Played a number of positions, as he told us in the podcast. I think he started in midfield, then left back, mm, then up yeah. front, then eventually settled in centre defence. So. Great guy to have, and like you said, gets the club, knows exactly what it takes, Um, a modern young coach. That's it. This guy can go in and say,
3: I was, a good, I was a player, I wasn't the best player, so I had to work, he talks about this, I had to work hard, I had to use everything I had and more to get the most out of my talent, and I was lucky enough to be on a coaching course with him recently. It's all about hard work. The one thing, he, yeah, he did a wee Q&A at the end, and he said, the one thing I look for in a player is how he reacts when he loses the ball. Does he go after the ball? Does he work as hard as possible to get it? Or is he selfish? And he just goes, oh, somebody else will deal with it. So you want those kind of guys that can say to a guy, look, I've been in your position. This is what you need to do Mm -hmm. to get to where you want to be. And you need to work harder than everybody else. And I think he's a good coach. Damien Duff, he was on Graham Hunter's podcast before. It was a decent interview with him. Seems like a really good guy. Knows his football. Even had out a wee five-a-side pitch at goals himself just to go and play football when he retired. Did he? Because right? he was <laughs> missing the game. So uh, 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 the interviewer I've seen with him, he's just talking about playing football. These guys just need to play football and enjoy it. So that's what you want. You want young players to enjoy playing football and make the
2: most out of their talent. And hopefully these two guys help them do that. So that's that. That's... A bumper episode. This Bum. week. We, we were due it. In fairness, we, we owed we, it. We uh, owed it to the listeners. We owed it yeah. to the
1: to the listeners to to produce the goods, and I think we've done that. Oh, yeah! And, and now, now, Celtic ought to to produce the goods this transfer window. If you if you like this podcast and you would like to support us in any way, you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash 20minutetims. We'll do some podcasts for you as we discussed uh, the current series as the Transfer Window. Every week we'll be doing a Transfer Window podcast and then we'll be doing our countdown. The boys have got, what have you got coming up on the Patreon?
2: The fantasy football podcast, we've been running that all season to win uh, a new Celtic shirt of your choice that's and up.
1: And even if you don't participate in the fantasy football, like I don't, because I'm yeah. terrible at fantasy football, it is a good. It's more of a, a EPL podcast yeah, and discuss yeah, in general a, a lot of Premier League football there, which is good. It
2: lets me catch up. We had an appeal uh, prior to Christmas. It was to, a threat, really. Yeah, a threat. <laughs> Jamie threatened everyone that if we didn't get to 500 reviews on iTunes, 500 five star reviews on iTunes, he would bloody well get everyone. How every many? One how of many you. Stephen, tell me, just as I click my neck
1: and lose my. How many tankings am I handing out? it? Well,
2: let's let's see. There are eleven days left of January. Right. Eleven days left of transfer window. There are eleven days left to get but eight reviews on the board here. We're sitting at four hundred and ninety two. If we get to five hundred, we promise we will shut up about it until we fancy getting six (laughs) hundred. The fact is, guys, Fictus,
1: if we don't hit five
2: hundred, I'm getting I'm getting let off the leash. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners, he is warming up right now, he's cracking his neck, he's Um, gonna come out there and get get you all. I've been practicing punching in my my garage (laughs) at
1: night, just in case. Kicking your height. Kicking my height three times and doing lunges. Um, but on that we will wrap up thanks to everyone who listens Uh, thanks to everyone who participates and tweets us and leaves reviews and gets in contact and does all that we'll be back next week with more 20 Minute Tims thanks for listening